right, welcome everyone to another episode of Gaming Guy Den, the series that explores the side stories of the video gaming universe. Uh, I'm your host, Mike, along with my co-host. Andrew, everybody, and we have another special guest. And uh, Mike, you want to read yeah, off the credentials this, real quick? Before our guest this week is a, an author. This is Anna Kashina. Anna, thank you very much for coming on. Well, thank you thank for you. having me. We appreciate it. She's got a wonderful uh, list of credentials. She's a long-standing author, going back with uh, the first book in 2002, The Princess of Dagobah, uh, the Majak Code trilogy. And I've had a chance to take a look a little bit at the uh, Blades of the Old Empire, the first book in that series. It's quite nice. Uh, and this is I had to look at this book because I couldn't get a hold of quite yet. Uh, it's coming out soon, not available at the time of release. But uh, one of the main reasons we have uh, Anna Kashina here with us today is that she is the author of Lacrimosa of Donna, the novelization of East 8 from Falcom or Nihon Falcom Company is their full name. But we usually just call them Falcom. And mm. uh, we would love today to have this opportunity to discuss the novelization, the art, the craft of changing a video game into a novel. But before that, we do have some other questions and we're really looking forward to talking with you, Anna. So again, thank you for being here today. Well, thank you. It's exciting. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's start a little bit about you. Can you tell us a little bit about your linguistic background, the languages that you speak, your experiences in cultures and languages moving between them and all uh-huh yeah you'll probably hear the accent right away right so, mm -hmm. yeah. so i was born in russia and i actually moved to the united states as an adult and mm -hmm. my first book was written in russian but oh, okay. uh, and then i took a huge dictionary and translated it into english and in the process <laughs> i switched languages so now i write and think in english actually and i've been here longer than i have been in russia but the accent is still here and probably will always stay. <laughs> I think you kind of discuss the pronunciations. So when I write names, I usually think of them completely differently from what the readers would think of them. So. <laughs> you, wow. you think in English pretty much all the time. Yeah, right. Wow, you made the switch, huh? But with a Russian accent. So, yeah. <laughs> in your brain, it's the accent as well. Yeah. One of the nice things about That's English funny. is that it sounds quite good with just about any accent. It's, that is it true. It works well. Yeah, I think, I think it works better. Than some. You can't quite see it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were your own first translator. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's cool. Wow. Yeah, it's wow. actually very interesting how these languages translate into each other. So it's not you can't just write it down word to word. So actually, an no. author being a translator is perfect because you get to to change things as needed. So yeah. <laughs> Would you so say Russian's your... crazy different from English? Like very different? Because we study Japanese a lot, and it's like yeah. about as different as you can get from yeah. English. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I would assume it's somewhere in between English and Japanese, like yeah, well, yeah. as far as difference. So geographically, definitely. So yeah, this country is kind of on the yeah. <laughs> and on linguistically the, yeah. as well. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I've learned a lot, a little bit of Chinese, so mm. I can speak Chinese just a little bit, yeah. And uh, okay. yeah, it is very different. So compared to Chinese, at least Russian is much more similar to English. But, okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, I'm curious about this because I was going to ask about this anyhow, and we've, mm -hmm. we've already had a chance to address it. But uh, your subsequent books that you've written in English, mm -hmm. did you also translate those then back into Russian for the Russian market? No, actually, I never did. So it's kind of in Russian, I think uh, it lends itself better to descriptions and English lends itself better to action. So wow, interesting. It's kind of I started writing those action packed novels and I didn't feel motivated enough to translate them back to Russian. Actually, a Russian market for fiction is kind of a little bit finicky these days, I would say. So, yeah. Ah. <laughs> and then also once you switch, you switch. So English is your first language. So it's kind of, yeah. All right. like, I don't even know if I can write a novel in Russian now. But... Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it also, I guess it follows a lot of what I read. So if I start reading a lot of Russian, I would kind of start switching again, I guess. But I read mostly in English these days. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's 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 really interesting. I, I'm really I haven't really heard much about how the shift goes between these two languages. Yeah, so. it was an experience just to realize they can't just take a sentence and translate that you have to say mm -hmm. the same thing in a different way. That's, right. Yeah. 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 I think it's probably true of many other languages too. Right. Yeah. It's, this is the localization of thought. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is always an issue with after you get past like um, upper beginner or you get to like lower intermediate Japanese. Mm-hmm. I see the like people because I teach a I don't teach but I organize a meetup for Japanese and English learners. Oh wow! And you know, so Japanese people come to learn English, and English people come to learn Japanese. Mm -hmm. Americans, and I can just see it in their eyes when they start to see that past a certain point, you can't say that expression exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> you just get to that level where it's like you're gonna have to leave. English behind. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, you have to yeah, step into another world in a way. But mm -hmm. yeah. So when I yeah. learned Chinese actually I, I did take a lot of time to learn Chinese, but I didn't get to the point of even reading books. So mm. I can speak but I cannot read. So I don't know. I'm curious, can you read books in Japanese? Yes, I've been studying for 20 years now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I've been studying for a while and I'm uh, working my way through the Magic Tree House. Oh, all right. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's pretty, pretty simple stuff for the most right. part. It's, but yeah. that's because I primarily am interested in video games anyway. So mm -hmm. my Japanese reading is going to be in video games. Yeah, I feel very tempted to learn some Japanese actually, but yeah. It's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. But it will take a while to get to any reasonable level. So, yeah, it does take yeah. a while. Right. So, according to you, a library profile, you currently work in biomedical research as well. Oh, oh boy! Yes. How do you balance that with your writing? Oh God. Well, so <laughs> first, yeah. So these are both very creative occupations, and they mm -hmm. use different parts of the brain. Uh, I think to me, it's kind of uh, it's a balance that works for me. So if I so sometimes in my life, I've been doing more of one than the other. And I think when I don't have this balance, I kind of feel like something is missing. So I think I'm the most creative and the most productive when I can do both of those things. But that's kind of how you balance it in your mind. How do you balance the time is a whole different <laughs> question. And 
Yeah. Is is one kind of like your main yeah. job? Is the bio, biomedical yeah. stuff might be your main one, right? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, my main job, of course, comes first. So I kind of write whenever I have a scrap of time. So mm, I carry okay. my computer with me all the time and I literally... But I think so. Yeah. The, way, the reason it works is because when I work in a novel, I just get very absorbed in it. So I can just take out my computer and start writing without any preparation. So I can really use mm. any moment of spare time. To okay. something productive. Yeah. change gears like that that's fantastic yeah. it's kind of it's always in my head and i think <laughs> good novel, so if you work on a novel that is going to be good you have to kind of be a little bit in love so i think in my interviews about this novel right now i use <laughs> word in love a lot because that's how it feels in, in a way so you just so, okay. spend this time with us yeah. so yeah i'm curious about this so your your first book was published in 2000 yeah. Right. So you, right. you do have a, 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 a long body of mm -hmm. work here and it's been well received. So how did this novelization come to be? What, what, how did it get started? What happened? It started with falling in love, of course. <laughs> but yeah. mm -hmm. So I, I always liked video games. So actually I played them uh, since the beginning of the video games, the King's Quest, you know, which came out like in the uh, 80s. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I was a big yeah. Sierra gamer. Right. Yeah. Sierra stuff. is just, yeah. So I just love the stories and uh, this game. So I so modern games, I have to say, so after Sierra games, there are very few games that have a story that would absorb you. So I mm -hmm. try to play them whenever I can. And then uh, so during the pandemics, I just felt like I really want to play a game like this. And I knew yeah. nothing about Falcon games at that time, I'm ashamed to say. But then I started <laughs> Googling and everybody was recommending this game. And then mm -hmm. we had the Nintendo Switch we bought for the kids, so I decided to try. And I just, uh, it, it, it did feel like falling in love. So not only, it was, so it was, when I started playing, every line, I felt like, my God, I could have written this. It's just, it's, it feels so close. So I think I very naturally, so this kind of, it clicked. So I think mm. it was kind of, I feel in a way my project to do because... And then I, uh, the, when I finished the game, so I played it like mm -hmm. two or three times because I couldn't stop. But then at some point you can't play it anymore. And then I started looking for any books related to this game. Mm -hmm. I was kind of actually surprised to find none. And then I started yeah. looking oh, wow. into it. I called my agent. I said, I really want to write this book because there is nobody else doing it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So eventually, so I actually like I, I actively looked for this project and. I felt like that's I, cool. I know, yeah, I just, well, that's great. I'm so glad that it was able to yeah. work out for you yeah. and for everyone, for all of us. We get to enjoy this story yeah. uh, in a different way, too. And I'm really looking forward to doing both, you know, go play yeah. through the game, play and read through the book. And yeah, I got to tell you, I, I got I got this game when mm -hmm. it came out and yeah. I liked it. OK, but I didn't get that far, not because of the story, mm -hmm. it's the fucking map. The map system in the game. I'm sorry, maybe you can't say anything bad about ease, but but it's just, and I think it's kind of a known issue with this game. The map mm -hmm. system was, yeah, woo, it was not good. I just got lost yeah. every second of the game, so I kind of had to put it down. But mm -hmm. I've heard the story is incredible. Yeah, mm. the map is different. So yeah, I had trouble with it at the beginning, but then I kind of got used to it. I guess mm -hmm. I was motivated enough. But generally what happens with yeah. most games you know yeah and now i can, it. so by now i know this world so much i don't need the map i know everything i know like what wow. is behind <laughs> this bush because <laughs> yeah. so you've always yeah. been kind of an rpg gamer 
so to an extent so what i cannot deal with is difficult like not even combat combat is okay but difficult like i don't know parkour just moving through the Mm-hmm. So, uh, so controls. I mean, controls. Maybe. So when I play, uh, I played older games from the East series after I played this one, and mm-hmm. the older games. So if you don't jump just exactly right, you fall, and then you have yeah. to like yeah. climb all the way. And uh, I can't deal with that. I just get vertigo <laughs> from those. But I did play yeah. through them. But my kids had to help me all the way. So, so <laughs> I mean, you... those old games are pretty demanding. Right. So I play yeah. games like in a super easy setting, the easiest possible. Mm-hmm. And I just barely am able to get through the action. But to me, it's all about the story. So, and the yeah. story is worth it. So, yeah, it's just. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you take a look, you know, you could look on the lists because the East series has been around for a very long time. You mm-hmm. know, what do, how do people rate these games? And generally in the top, in the top three, at the very least is East uh, Lacrimosa of Donna. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always there. People are saying. Or they judge the other games by it. They'll say like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, nine is not quite as good as eight. Or yeah. now there's people talking about there's a new one, uh, 10 coming along. Ten, I can't yes. remember. It's like mm-hmm. Noctis. I can't remember what it was called. I know what you're but talking about. There's yeah. already, you know, talk like, I'm not sure if it's as quite as good as eight, but it's like. it's Well, yeah, yeah, that one is not out in the West yet. It's only available in Japanese. And oh, yeah, you guys can probably play it, right? <laughs> yeah, I've seen yeah. I've seen a couple of mm-hmm. YouTubers had had it already, and you know, yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, it's and the font is uh, pretty nice in Japanese. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. That's good font. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel it looks nice to learn Japanese just for that. <laughs> Before yeah, I yeah. Go, of course, there will be. Honestly, one. that was that was one of the things because we grew up like reading video game magazines, and they would talk about Japan in the '90s, and just like. I don't know. Video games is a big factor for us to kind of want to learn Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so you're, so this is like one of the best stories you've ever seen in a game. Yes. I would say so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I need to, I need to put it back in my switch. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're yeah. really selling it. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'm in the map, middle of you uh, just the first one. Like, yeah. You find your balance with the map, then you're okay. Because yeah, I, I had trouble with it, but then, finally when i got used to it it feels very natural it's just yeah mm. yeah okay yeah i i'm i'm just not i'm not mm-hmm. great at directions in video games especially yeah um even when the map is great i i sometimes have an issue but um i guess i should just power through did you play older ease games no i haven't actually mm-hmm. i was just that that ease lacrimosa of donna had very mm-hmm. good reviews mm-hmm. i was yeah. and i you know action rpg i like turn base too but action rpg for me is a little bit more relaxing in some sense because i when it's turn based for me maybe i'm the opposite of some people i feel like i'm really thinking about my moves mm-hmm. so much that my brain is on fire but yeah. when if, if i just swing a sword in an action rpg it's actually a little bit more relaxing than having to think about the moves all the time. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll buy it. I got it. And I did like it a little bit, but I just, just the map was driving me crazy, to be honest yeah. with you. Right. Um, yeah, but in older is games, uh, the, the stories are also very good, but it's like, uh, so in some place you, you're just running through a dark dungeon and you can only see yourself and a little bit around you. And, there's yeah. no map in the game, so you can just click a button to see the map. So mm-hmm. that was hard. So compared to that, all the modern yeah. games are fine. 
Texas. <laughs> That's true. They, you had to kind of draw your own map with some of the older games, right? Yeah. yeah. Get, some old, get some graph paper. The yeah. graph paper. So yeah. could you take us through your process in approaching <laughs> adapting a video game into a novel? Yeah. So and this is this is the big thing here. So yeah, yeah, how do you how do you do this? You play through this game multiple times, you've got the yeah. story internalized. How do you make it? How do you make it a book? So first uh, the first thing to do was so I played the whole game and I mm-hmm. typed down not only all the dialogue and all events and all descriptions but everything that came to mind. So when I come to like a new area I would type my impressions of the views. And I mean, the graphics in this game was beautiful. So you can look around wow. and there's this island and scenery. So that one, so it was a very extensive playthrough. So I talked to every secondary character. I checked out every <laughs> item and I just wrote it all down. So I typed it up. So that was about 900 pages of text and several months oh of work, actually. It didn't quite feel wow. like work because it was fun, but it was just, it was tedious. This is a total yeah. passion project. Right, yeah. Wow. And I mean, That's awesome. It's, been, yeah, it's funny because when I first played this game, I played it through two or three times. And then I, when I thought about that, I would like to write a novel and I won't be able to do it probably. Then I felt like if I'd never do it, never get to do it, I would just feel like I haven't accomplished something important in my life. But then... I kind of forced myself to distance myself from this because it just felt like a pity. So when I <laughs> learned that I get to do it, that I'm actually going to do it, it was, you know, like everything was just flying. So That's awesome. Yeah, so I think the whole novel took me actually like less than a year to write and most of it was this playthrough. So when you play through, so you end up with this 900 pages of text, it really has mm-hmm. everything. So after this point, you don't really need the game anymore. So you can go to the sticks. <laughs> and then it was kind of a matter of, um, so first, yeah, like choosing how, how, how does the story work? So, I mean, some mm-hmm. of the scenes are side scenes and then some of the events, some of, I tried actually to follow the events as closely as possible. So I think my book mm-hmm. follows the game almost exactly. I did one small switch at the end. And mm-hmm. I kind of, I'm curious if anyone would notice. I'm kind of, <laughs> I think so, probably won't. Yeah. Did now, Falcom, go, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you say it follows that. I mean, mm-hmm. are you saying you're, did you have to trim things away like side yeah. quests and right, side stories yeah. to just focus on the main? Yeah, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. yeah, so there's a lot of side quests, like backstories of side characters. And I left, uh, so I had to leave only things that are essential to the main story. So when you read the book, you don't really have time to like go back to the village and relax and find those chests and do some fishing. I wish you could. And I think some of the early reviewers reviewers actually commented like, why can't we just stop? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, when you read the book, if the story is not moving forward, it's kind Mm -hmm. of... It, uh, it won't work for a book. It, it will work for a game, but not for a book. So it was right. a challenge. Not only I had to trim away some side quests, but also trim things like uh, they explore and then they come back to the village. So in the book, mm-hmm. you have to keep moving. Otherwise, it just yeah. kind of it becomes repetitive. So right. and then and so there's... they're exploring the island, but they're really killing all the monsters. So in the book, you have to create the sense of danger, like what are mm-hmm. mistakes. And without all this tension and the pressure and it just doesn't work as a book so it was an interesting challenge actually yeah 
that's cool. Yeah, because I was looking at the listing, and the listing says 591 pages. I was well, thinking, it's not. It's 466 pages. Oh, the listing yeah. is. Uh, I think little, listing little is probably based on ebooks. So all the e-readers have different mm. page count, right? Uh, yeah. Page okay. size, yeah, font size yeah. too, I guess. And I mean, so yeah, I don't know how they count pages in e-readers actually, because you can make okay. different size font. But the printed book is 466 pages, which, which is, is still quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long, long-ish game, though, right? So I guess yeah. it sort of makes sense. And I tried my best to make it as short as possible, but I didn't want to compromise on anything important. Mm. So yeah. Wow. That's wow. Cool. So, so you didn't receive any materials from Nihon Falcon? Well, they did send us a lot of artwork. Okay. That's it? They didn't well, send you a script or anything? Well, so the script is in Japanese. So, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> yes. They didn't send you the translated script, though? I mean, this translated version? Well, the translated script belongs to, to the, the publisher of the game, so Miss America. And uh, there are issues with, uh, so if I'm playing uh, a game, I see everything uh, other players see. If I'm using somebody's translation, mm -hmm. then it's kind of already, I mean, so it becomes complicated. And to be honest, I didn't even want it because I wanted to kind of, I wanted to approach it as a gamer. So I wanted mm. to kind of start with a point. So if I started with a script, it's kind of like cheating, right? So, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh -huh. wow. So this would not even exist if you just hadn't contacted your agent. No. So that's it's pretty, it's so cool, man. Yeah. I mean, they're already putting a 10th game out and this is the first time yeah. we're hearing of a localization. That's why I was really so interested mm -hmm. by this and surprised. It's true. Like these games, these games have been around for years and they're, they're well-respected, but they're not huge mm -hmm. sellers. They're not multi-platinum. Yeah. Know, they're, right. they're usually, I think they're in the neighborhood of like half a million in sales in a game, which is yeah. a really good supportive sort of cult following compared to something mm -hmm. like you know zelda or call, yeah. or call of duty or whatever yeah but, this is really surprising to me actually because these are such amazing games especially yeah <laughs> right. quality doesn't always sell <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure. yeah definitely <laughs> sure yeah. you know that so yeah yeah but i think i was only able to get this project because of that and i feel very lucky too mm. and i'm in kind of an ideal world maybe my book will help to spread awareness of this game and it will become more popular because I think they really deserve it. These are really That's amazing great. games. I also love is 9 by the way, but I do love is 8 even more. So <laughs> so if this sells well, they're going to call you for, or you're going to call them for is 9 or <laughs> like... Possible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's totally possible. possible. Yeah, so is 9 has a different, really fascinating story. It's more dark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. there's more sadness in it but it's it's really yeah it's also amazing so what is a what is a thing that really works for you for as a story with with ease eight mm. so to me like uh, what really kind of sparked my imagination was this backstory in the ancient Eternian civilization so there's a lost mm -hmm. civilization on this island and we get mm -hmm. flashbacks into this lost civilization and then there's like one person that actually ends up in the present time so there's all this blend of history and like really amazingly beautiful world and all the characters mm -hmm. so i think when falcon develops their games they put a lot of attention into each character so all the characters mm -hmm. just feel like real people so i think fans mm -hmm. of is keep saying that adol who is the main character is silent so how do you put 
how they make mm-hmm. him talk, but he's silent, but everybody knows exactly what he's like. So he's <laughs> a very strong personality while being silent. So it just kind of felt, you know, I don't know, it's just really, I felt like it was just really well aligned with what I normally write. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it wasn't okay. just one thing, it's kind of everything about and all these emotions. So I think it just kind of was masterfully done in terms of how they convey not only the story, but the emotion. And there's a very yeah. unusual take on evolution in this game. And the story uh, has so many layers to it. It's just, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I've never felt this way about any other game so far. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's nine maybe. It's close second, but yeah. Take, take, take a, their take on evolution, you said. Yes, yeah. right. So part of We don't like, want to get into any spoilers here. Yeah, if right. that's gonna... oh, yeah. But we're talking like from ape to man evolution or... Well, another type. let me say it has dinosaurs in the game. Okay. And it's actually, it's tied into the real history of the world, but it's mm. tied in in a very creative way. I've never seen it done this way. And yeah, I don't know how many spoilers. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we, yeah. Don't, we don't want to spoil the story for anyone. Mm-hmm. I'll, I mean, I'll, st- I, I'll stop I think there. the majority of folks are probably folks mm-hmm. who have played yeah. the game already, but still, we got right. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the line there. Yeah. No. I, I, there's some, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier, you know, because obviously the structure of a video game is going to be very different, right? And you were saying you need to keep driving things forward. You need to keep mm-hmm. the readers moving. Yes. Right. The, one of the major fill, fillers of time in a game is going to be combat, right? Mm-hmm. Action. Yes, right. So how did you approach that? What, what sort of preparation did you do for that? Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you break that up right i don't know how you approach what would normally be like two hours of fighting monsters or <laughs> yeah. something yeah. into yeah. two paragraphs two pages two chapters like mm-hmm. how do you do this so yeah there are several things about combat i actually love right right to write about sword fighting so my other books mm-hmm. also have a lot of sword fighting in mm-hmm. it so uh writing combat especially in a technical way is extremely boring so it's, <laughs> I mean, it's boring to read. No, it's not boring to write, but it's boring to read. <laughs> so if you write combat, it it's all about like people who are fighting. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, so you can approach it by showing like a person who is really good at it. And then like mm-hmm. everybody can appreciate how good he is. So the main character of this game is Adol, who is a renowned swordsman. Oh, that's a mm-hmm. nice cat. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, he's like a master swordsman, and um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of lore about his sword fighting style. So it was very important to the game to, to show that without getting technical. So one of the mm-hmm. things I did, I actually I took sword fighting lessons. Hey, <laughs> you did nice. really? Yeah, <laughs> right. That's and, awesome. Yeah. So like like fencing. So uh, there is a group here which does historical sword fighting. They're called Modern Gladiatorial Arts. I did acknowledge mm, okay. them in my book. And they do they recreate historical sword fighting, not choreographed fights. They just take a sword mm. and they learn how it worked. So uh, I went to, the, to their classes and they mm. were nice enough to work with me through the swords that I wanted to use in different scenes. So each weapon. Oh. <laughs> So you it's have great. to know all that. You don't necessarily have to write all these details. But it's like <laughs> if you have, so 
And then, so that was one aspect of it. So technically it has to be exactly correct. And then mm-hmm. in terms of danger, so you can't show all these monster fights that happen <laughs> in the game, but you can show one or two and convey mm-hmm. how how difficult and how dangerous it was. And then if you do that well, then like later on, uh, if you just mention a monster, everybody knows what this is about. <laughs> so I just chose uh, several monster encounters and made each of them into a story. So again, I don't want to put any spoilers, but I'm very right. happy about the scenes. So I cannot say they were not in the game. They were because all these four monsters were in the game and they actually even looked at what kind of damage these monsters do to make sure that oh. then like so but then imagine in a book one character gets mm-hmm. critically injured in this fight mm. so in the game you just like take a potion or you go to <laughs> right. like recovery <laughs> you're done so <laughs> in a book so i kind of so i did my best to make it realistic from that point of view so what mm-hmm. happens if one character gets injured and what, what does everybody mm. do so right. yeah there are things scenes like this in the book and actually, I also approached the other things. So you're stranded on a deserted island. So mm-hmm. then you just kind of start a fire. So how do you start a fire? What are you going to eat? <laughs> like on the first right. day, where do you find uh-huh. fresh water? So things like this. I didn't really put a lot of word count into these details, but they're kind mm-hmm. of there in the background. So I wanted mm-hmm. to have a realistic experience, which is kind of, it's not something we think about when we play the game, but. This is what we would all think about if we're actually on a deserted island. So, yeah. <laughs> so it was really a lot of fun. So you kind of inter- interrogate these details and then you just show what it actually felt like. And I think in the end, it's all about characters and how they mm-hmm. feel about it. So, yeah. No, that's great. Because it's really, yeah. it. it's such a weird thing. You know, for years we've had this debate, you know, about video games and sort of, there are some who feel that story is often just like a a light a, a basic skeleton mm-hmm. that drives the the combat and gameplay forward, and others yeah. feel the other way about it that it's the mm-hmm. story that drives everything forward. Yeah. So it's really sort of amazing to me to think like how do we change this up entirely to a completely different format mm-hmm. <laughs> where story is obviously the main thing, whereas yeah, when you're playing a game, how much how it feels to control is so important. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of how it feels to control, I'm curious. You said you handled a few different uh, weapons. Right. Which uh, which which one did you find the most uh, natural and, and enjoyable for you? For myself personally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe a staff, but staff oh, is not yeah. in this game. So in my other <laughs> books, there's a character mm-hmm. whose main weapon is a staff. So mm-hmm. I did kind of a lot of staff practice. So nice. Adol used, uh, uses a very heavy sword and it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's not my weapon. So I think sword wise, I would mm. probably use two smaller ones. Uh-huh. And of course in the game, so I don't know if you played this game. So you have like this person running around, barely dressed in anything. And then they would pull out two huge swords. Like giant. <laughs> and then they just away, and it's like this kind of slim girl in a bathing suit again. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That, yeah. So I, I yeah, would, the... yeah. It didn't seem all that realistic. So like I've played, well, I mean, obviously if you play the old uh, East games, you just walk mm-hmm. into the enemies, you just bump them. Right, yeah. <laughs> rather than like swing the sword or anything. Yeah, and I didn't but like I, that actually, so. I was, I was playing East um, Origin. Mm-hmm. I have that one yeah. on my Xbox yeah. too. And uh, 
yeah, like there's a lot of fancy sword work. It's like there's no real heft to it. It's just great because it's like really fun, responsive action mm-hmm. gaming. Yeah. But yeah. then when you think about, you know, the realism of it, it's like, well, how do we make this work? Yeah. Yeah. When I play games, I just use one button for combat. I put it like on extra easy and they just mm. kind of <laughs> hack my way. But there's, there is a lot of technique if you want to do it. I just, yeah, <laughs> I'm challenged in that sense. Real sword, I guess, different. Right. Was there, like, so Ease 8, I assume is your favorite one now, but Mm -hmm. before that, you said you mentioned King's Quest, but did you have a favorite game before Lacrimosa of Donna? Yeah. Well, so I played a lot of old so Sierra games, but they, they kind of, yeah, they disappeared. So around year 2000, mm-hmm. there was a game called Might and Magic. So it was a game series. Oh, yeah. And that was like okay. the first person turn-based. And I really loved that. So I still have books. I printed out all the maps mm. because that game, actually, you have to either remember everything or write it down. So it mm. was kind of a lot of work. And... Those games don't have a great story, but they do have great <laughs> gameplay. So I really enjoyed okay. them. Yeah. And then, uh, so recently I played games like yeah, Zelda. So mm. actually, um, Trials of Mana was the game that got me into Is because we played oh. Trials of Mana with my kids. And I enjoyed playing it. And the story mm. is kind of light there, but it's it's a story and they have a beautiful world. So when I finished mm-hmm. it, I actually started Googling games like Trials of Mana. And then eventually oh, wow. people started saying, so if you like Trials of Mana, you should really try Is 8 because it's even better. And <laughs> <laughs> it's such a funny a thing. JRPG land. Yeah. Trials of yeah. Mana yeah. is a game we, uh, we talked about with another person we interviewed. Um, that game was not released uh, in English originally. It was a Super Nintendo game. And so then we had years and years where we didn't have that game. And then they've made the 3D version mm-hmm. and finally did a Super Nintendo version that's only available on the Switch. Right. So if you if you wanted to try, I don't know, did you guys play the, the 3D style one, the modern looking one or the yeah, on the Switch? Yeah, right. The OK. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's also um, there's also a Super Nintendo style one. If mm-hmm. you'd like to see the classic version. Yeah. So, Maybe, yeah. So I used to play PC games until we got Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch for the kids. And then mm-hmm. kind of... Okay. So then it was I my Switch, kids. too. Uh-huh. Yeah. PlayStation <laughs> apparently has more games, but yeah, the kids were little, and it was my excuse yeah. I would get these games for them, but then they're too complicated for them. So how about I play them? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I mean, Nihon Falcom was primarily a PC developer. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. They're unique in that. So mm-hmm. yes, and I remember Sierra. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Sierra who published in America uh, what was a Falcom game, a Sorcerian. Really? No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm huh. mistaken on that. It's been quite a few years, but mm-hmm. yeah, I remember getting a hold of that Sorcerian and thinking like, this is such a unique and different game for what is usually a Sierra game, mm-hmm. and that's because it actually wasn't. It was just published by Sierra in America. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Wow. Well. Yeah, yeah. Nihon Falcom has always been there on the PC front for mm-hmm. some yeah. reason, and I'm happy about. You talking about PC ninety eight? They were on PC ninety eight or something? Uh, no, I'm saying like, they just. I'm just talking like DOS and Windows. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Rather than focusing on consoles, like most Japanese game developers focused on yeah, the game consoles. Yeah. 
Yeah, the the, yeah, yeah I, heard, I heard that's one of the reasons that didn't become more popular in the West until uh, yeah. recently. Yeah. yeah, they didn't really have a lot that got exported to the West and they weren't on they weren't on the consoles quite so much. So I think they the first time they really made a splash, I think, was with um the Turbo Graphics C D version yes. of uh thing. But that about. of course that's like one of the least popular consoles in American history. So yeah. You didn't have big numbers to get into it. Yeah. And hopefully uh, a book will reach people. That's that's the real hope here. <laughs> Is yeah. there going to be an audiobook version too or do you know anything well, about that? Well, uh, so I really hope so. I think right now we're all very focused on this release. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. kind of everybody is kind of wants to wait and see because it's so Falcon took a risk with this project obviously because then if we did a very bad job they would kind of it would reflect on them too. So I think everybody just wanted to see how this book looks when it comes out. And I think so mm. far the reception has been very good. So I'm very happy about it. So I really hope. Uh, yeah. yeah, early early reviews have been positive. Yeah. So and I great. think yeah, my dream is to have like voice actors from the game, maybe to read some chapters. So I have three oh. points. Yeah. So I have three oh. points of view in the book. Adol. Uh, mm-hmm. Dana and Laxia is a third character who has yeah. a point of view and I think having these actors read their parts would be really nice but this is fantasy of course so yeah <laughs> I, you know it's it could it, happen it's usually Maybe. yeah I mean the, yeah. the audiobooks usually follow much later so mm-hmm. if it if it works out yeah. I don't see why yeah. it wouldn't and I think, yeah, curiously, so right now even though I do have uh, like fantasy fans who like my other books so mm-hmm. this book uh, is mostly drawing attention from the gamers so far. And I think everybody, mm-hmm. so the fantasy readers kind of feel like, oh, it's a tie-in. We haven't played the game. And I think this book actually uh-huh. can be enjoyed by everyone. So you don't have to play the game yeah. to, to, to enjoy. So I feel like it reads like a regular fantasy novel, but it will probably take time. And then if it happens and it crosses over into these two other worlds, then maybe, yeah. maybe there will be more fans of ease. I, I think this is a fantastic idea. I really, I really do hope it works out because I would like to see this happen more often. Uh, mm-hmm. Good, strong novelizations of video mm-hmm. game stories. Mm-hmm. I can still remember back in, I think it was about 99 or 2000, uh, Final Fantasy VIII was still somewhat popular. I had a friend who got a hold of it on the PC and she was like, I don't understand this game. I just want to understand the story. And we mm-hmm. had to like, set it up with some cheats and everything for her so she could just kind of move through and and really enjoy the story if there had been a book mm-hmm. that's all just yeah. the book in her hands yeah. <laughs> she would have loved it yeah now people probably just if that that friend of yours could probably just watch uh, the youtube se- sections <laughs> these days but but yeah book that's would true. be better actually I, yeah i'd rather have a book in that case yeah <laughs> like yeah. if it's a game i'd prefer to play it but if there's a if there's a book well, yeah i'd love to read yeah. it yeah Right. Yeah, and I think who's your favorite? Who's your favorite Ease character? My favorite Ease character. Oh gosh, yeah. Adol. <laughs> well, Adol was great. I mean, he's so if you write an Adol's point of view, you feel kind of very balanced. I mean, he's always he's such a wholesome character, and he's like he always kind of in a way always does the right thing. So, but then so Dana was also an amazing character because she has so much strength and she has like. 
I mean, she goes through some very extreme experiences in her life, and mm-hmm. I mean, again, no spoilers, but it's just <laughs> you, you, you just can't help but admire her. And I think the game actually starts with Adol saying how much he admires Dana, and mm-hmm. then it's just yeah, you, you get to this admiration. But in this game, I also loved some secondary characters. So one of my favorite characters appears very late in the book, and. Mm. We actually, out of curiosity, we surveyed uh, people who is your favorite secondary character. So no one named this one. <laughs> oh, wow. I look forward to people like discovering him when they read the book. Because also another thing I pride myself on, when I worked mm-hmm. on this novelization, I didn't invent anything. I just tried to understand what the game developers mm-hmm. meant. when they... mm-hmm. So some dialogue is kind of unfinished in a way because in the game i mean you can only put so much dialogue so they say mm-hmm. something out of context so i kind of followed like why did they say this and it felt like you discover things about these characters and what is the backstory which are actually so after you discover them you can see oh yeah this was actually in the game it makes perfect sense but i think this one discovery will make sense to everyone but nobody probably thought about it when they were playing the game. So it's kind of yeah it's fun. Well, it's, yeah. it's good that they have you thinking all this through. <laughs> yes, I actually yes. look forward to like, seeing some fun reactions after the book comes out. Even though yes. I'm aware some people probably will hate it. I mean, it uh, happens. That is know. the nature the nature of right. humanity. Then, <laughs> yeah, so just yeah, a discussion would be right, like really fun mm-hmm. to see discussions about this. Yeah, That's great. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this release. Uh, we got October 18th is the mm-hmm. release date. Yes. So, right, okay. Yeah. And uh, now I saw the listing. It mentioned um, hardcover and paperback. Is it releasing in hardcover and paperback at the same time? Yes. And that was uh, there was okay. a curious story to that because normally, uh, so like this publisher and many other smaller publishers only publish paperbacks. Because, oh, yeah, so okay. paperback and ebook. I mean, so you always have mm-hmm. an ebook, but most readers, yeah, they don't care about having a nice hardcover. So paperbacks mm-hmm. are cheaper and people just want mm-hmm. to read the book. So you kind of satisfy those who read in print or on an e reader. So mm-hmm. in this case, apparently, uh, the main audience is fans of the game, and these fans want to have some collectible <laughs> item, which they, kind of feels more substantial. Do. So I think yeah, since, yeah. Uh, first uh, the paperback was announced and yeah, mm-hmm. there was good reception for it. But then eventually there was enough. So everybody started asking, what about hardcover? Will there be a hardcover? So eventually there was so much response that the publisher decided to do a hardcover edition. And actually oh, okay. they really, so they had to delay the pre-order links so that both of these books come out in pre-order at the same time. So people don't pre-order paperback and then realized that they should have pre-ordered hardcover. And uh, as mm-hmm. I heard, hardcover books are selling a lot better than paperbacks in this case. So we ended up yeah, with two formats at the time. Wow. We released. And then That's so funny because, mm-hmm. yeah, I was looking at it like usually the hardcover is out and then maybe a year later we see a paperback mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And of course, the eBooks are, yeah, right. they're not subject to the same situation. Yeah. But yeah, this so way, yeah everybody can get their favorite collectible, I guess, <laughs> in whatever format they prefer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's great. Will you uh, be doing signings and such? Well, so this book originally, I think, will be mostly available online. So I think there is mm-hmm. some work going on to get into the bookstores. But again, this is kind of has to do with smaller publishers 
mm, of, yeah. and then also so because it's a game time tie-in so mm -hmm. bookstores that don't uh, deal with that so they're kind of i mean so uh, i hope there will be some uh local events i will appear at mm -hmm. some conventions so that, and at conventions i will be signing books mm. so the next one i think is in november in philadelphia it's called philcon and yeah okay um, right but all right for now i think the uh, so first batch will come out online and then hopefully some personal events will follow <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> Well, let's hope so. So uh, before we wrap things up here, uh, where should people be looking for information on you, on your books, on this book in particular? Well, so this book has a dedicated website. It's called mm -hmm. novel.com. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that's kind of the first place you can go to and see all the basic information. So they also have a newsletter you can sign up for. Um, publisher, the publisher Dragonwell Publishing has their own website. I know they haven't enabled pre-ordering of this book on their website yet, but the information is also there, and you should mm -hmm. be able to order it after it's released. And it will be available. The book itself is available from every major retailer worldwide. So mm -hmm. any store actually, you can. It won't be stocked in stores probably, but you can come into your favorite store and just ask them to order you a book, and they should be able to do it. So yeah. Okay. And one one uh, last curiosity here. Mm -hmm. Is this book being translated into languages other than English? Well, uh, there's conversations going on. People are asking about it. So I kind of, uh, so uh, at the moment, I think not because, I mean, not many people have even seen it yet. Mm -hmm. But I kind of hope that it will happen the same way it happened with the hardcover edition. If there is yeah. enough interest, enough support from the fans, this will definitely I, happen. And I'm hoping to see a, a little uh, outcry of support for support from uh, the Japanese fans. Yeah, we we'll <laughs> have a lot of questions about Japanese, and yeah, a lot of <laughs> Japanese fans are asking us this. So yeah, definitely. I think that would be the first thing that it'd be translated yeah. into. Yeah. 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 Have you played the game in Russian? Is there a Russian version? Oh. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So right now, <laughs> okay. Just so right now, my, yeah, my days with Russia are almost gone right now. I haven't been to <laughs> Russia since 2007, and yeah. Okay. Uh, I think I think that the Switch version only uh, for North America. I think it only supports French and English. Yeah, oh, actually, okay. I'll be surprised because so in Russia the market for this, so people are not used to paying a lot of money, so like a lot mm -hmm. of things get pirated. So yeah. I, I would be surprised that there's a big market in Russia, but there could be. I mean, I know we have some actually some requests from Russian bloggers mm -hmm. to review mm -hmm. copies of the book. And so there might be reviews in Russian. And I, I think currently it has nothing to do with me being Russian. So we're just, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Well, this is this is really something else, man. I'm looking <laughs> forward to this. I'm I'm really excited to check this out and play through, play through the game, read the book, yeah, compare, contrast, go back and forth, and I really uh, I hope this works out well and we can see more yeah, support for you. novelizations of video games like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, it actually it just felt very special for me to just see the community and the support because writing is kind of mm. a work a kind of lonely work so you sit at home and write so just to yeah, see all yeah. people who care about this project so they care if i'm going to do a good job 
and that's <laughs> that feels really special because yeah i think uh, i yes. hope most of those people will be happy i've done my best but it's just like knowing that there are people out there loving this game and willing to talk about it and just argue with me like that i get this character right <laughs> yeah i think that's amazing so i always so i feel very thankful to the community and to all the east fans yeah. i'm sure mm. it goes both ways so andrew you should play the game <laughs> i know i'm gonna get o- i'm gonna get over the map thing i yeah, really am <laughs> Maybe yeah. the Steam version has an updated map or something. <laughs> that would be that would be helpful. Yeah. No switch version is nice. <laughs> you just can you train yourself then. I have it I have it on Switch. I do have it on Switch. So okay. yeah, I'll 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 try it out again. Yeah. Just practice. <laughs> yeah. Until you feel natural with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you so much. This is awesome and I hope the book sells a a crap load. You know, <laughs> sells more than the game. Yeah, I think yeah, the more the, <laughs> yeah. Sells, the more we'll have other projects related to this. And oh. <clears throat> yeah, so thank yeah. you very much. It's really great to talk to uh, some. Right. Yeah. Yes, thank it's you. been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. All, All right. right, bye. Thank you again. <laughs> All right, so that was our interview with uh, Anna Kashina, and uh, I think that was. Uh, Really, I've never had the opportunity to sort of explore the creative process uh, behind making a video game into a book. I feel like I'd always seen those things show up in the past and just kind of wrote them off. But uh, something about this one struck me very differently. And uh, in talking with her, I think I think I was right. My intuition was right. This is different. I think it was right because she was so passionate about it and she didn't even need any materials like <laughs> yeah. she just wrote a book based on playing the game several times again it's just yeah. uh, it's so interesting to me man I, I mean she's like the perfect person to 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 have written this and hopefully they can kick off the ease nine one because she seems to like that one almost as much and yeah. um i mean there's probably been other jrpg books but I don't know. I feel like that could be a new market. Like there's a Trials of Mana, the book. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII, the novella. You know, like I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe some of these, some of those exist in Japan in Japanese only, but I've never really looked it up. But it would be cool to see yeah. that that come along, and also maybe a manga version. I don't know. You know, there's a lot that could happen here. Yeah. So like I remember when I was a kid, I feel like there were a lot that just didn't really seem all that interesting. But like I've I've dabbled in some others. Um, like yeah. most recently, I was looking at uh, the Resident Evil Code Veronica novelization. And <laughs> I was sort of comparing that to the game and I was I was enjoying it. And I was like, hey, you know what? Because I couldn't beat the game. Maybe I'll just read this book instead because it's every bit as good, <laughs> honestly. But uh, yeah, so. I mean, some some of the books. I mean, look, it's common corporate practice kind of stuff. It's mm-hmm. like cross promotion, where you know. But some some of them just seem like such a just a corporate product, you know, a company product. But this, like what like what your what your intuition was all about, I guess. Like it's just mm-hmm. so such a passion project. I mean, yeah, it struck wow. me as being so odd because you know Nihon Falcom is a small company. They, their games are popular but not hugely popular they're not massive sellers yeah they they were gone from development for like eight years or something between east games and 
it's just such a such an interesting thing. And then all of a sudden, here comes the novelization of East Eight, and I'm like, there's got to be a story here. And yeah, I think I remember. I think I kind of got it on my own, mm-hmm. and then played it a bit, and the maps made me, you know, quit. And then, um, then I watched Happy Console Gamer, the YouTuber. Mm-hmm. I really love his channel, and uh, he said the same thing. Like the maps were killing him, but he did. He didn't quit like I did. He kept going, <laughs> and he also just loved the game. Um, he's a huge Ease fan, anyway. But um, so yeah, there's just a lot of people saying this is this is one of the best uh, story wise for sure. And the gameplay, you know, I'm a stickler for good gameplay. I like the gameplay okay from what I played of it, other than the maps and the uh, mm-hmm. the controls were really good. I mean, most Japanese games have good controls. I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really smooth and stuff. So like, yeah. I didn't have much of an issue there. It's just those maps. <laughs> You'll see what I'm talking about once you start. Um, yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, yeah. No. I, I mean, regardless of you know what happens with this book, I think it's a it's a, it's a really remarkable story of it's a, the fact of its existence. And for those mm-hmm. interested, you know, when, we're not sure uh, when you're going to be listening to this. The uh, release date is October 18th. Uh, the book is available uh, in three editions. The ebook is the cheapest at about $8. The paperback is 20 And there's a nice looking hardcover uh, sort of special edition like with a game for $35. And uh, from what uh, Anna said, that's been surprisingly popular. So nice. keep an eye out. And of course, you know, you check your local libraries and stuff. You can always request a book there too. <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean... Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, get, get your library on on this. Um, is that pretty much it, Mike? Yeah, I think we're ready to wrap it up here. Call it a day. <laughs> so, yeah, um, let us know what you thought about this episode. And if you want more content like this, let us know in the comments. And if you have ideas for our Patreon that's kind of non-existent at the moment, let us know. And uh, we'll definitely take that into consideration. And... Uh, I guess that's going to do it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we will check you later. Peace. Please check out the movie that I'm working on called Metal Force. Please go to www.metalforce.ninja to find out more about this film. It's basically R-rated Power Rangers meets Stranger Things. That's the quick pitch.